0: Okay, yes, sir, yes, sir, welcome to another episode of Motown and Coney back with my main man tommy what up though so did you get a chance to watch the 50 year of hip-hop celebration they had in new york i watched some of it but i didn't get a chance
1: to watch all of yeah, like, it so i'm quite sure i missed a lot yeah it's like eight hours <laughs> holy shit yeah
0: <laughs> yeah I, uh oh wow i fast forwarded through some of it to be honest um but I feel like I feel like every generation was um, well represented. Um, I love that they had Run DMC close out the show. Uh, so, I, so at first I thought Nah, might close it out because it was being put on by by his record label. So, but I, I thought it was good, especially to see some of uh, the pioneers of hip hop. Um, the the original OGs, even before the, the uh Ice Cube and um the, the the original. The, <laughs> so, no,
1: and and I, I was happy to see that too, man. I was also happy to see um, Melly Mel take the uh, high road, man. And he put out a disc record, if anybody knows, yeah. against Eminem. So I was happy that he took the high road, cause I'm like, why would you do this during the 50 years of hip hop, man? Like, we don't need that right now hip hop is going in a whole totally different direction. And I I'm I'm happy to see like everybody getting along and coming together, man. And this is a perfect time. From what I seen, I didn't realize it was 8 hours. Um I watched clips and then I watched like the first probably 30 minutes of it and I was like, "Okay." And I had seen uh, I was really looking forward to camera Cameron set. I'm I'm going to use Dip Dipset fan and Cameron fan, so I had watched uh Cameron set. So
0: yeah, I um I was like, because when it live stream, I guess there was some issues at first. I know there was some issues with people getting in uh, that I I was looking at on I guess it's called X now or the platform Mm -hmm. formerly known as Twitter. (laughs) But um, I started, I went back a couple of days ago and I started watching it on YouTube and I was like, damn, this, this is eight hours like you really got your money's worth if you went, <laughs> man. You ain't lying, like Jesus. And then I like eight hours
1: worth. You could have cut that into a few days.
0: Yeah, it, I and I felt sorry for like the people that had um, field seats. I guess I won't call them four seats because it was at Yankee Stadium. Because you literally had, probably had to stand up for all eight hours, unless it was somebody that came on that you really didn't care for, but. Right, and then no telling, like,
1: your your position that you already had set up, like, right in the front
0: was saved <laughs> if you went to the restroom. Somebody I was thinking that right too, like, spot. if you had to go to the restroom, you was probably sick. Like, <laughs> Right. <laughs> do I hold it? Do I try to go? Like, hopefully you was with a groove and they can hold your seat. But, like, if you was at by yourself or both of y'all had to go to the – like, I think you really had to plan out your bathroom um, breaks. So I, I just I thought it was a good salute. Fifty years. Um, I I love that they had it in the Bronx, which um, is the birthplace for hip hop. I know Queens was not too far behind, but you know the Bronx always gets the credit for um, birthing hip hop. So I I think tribute wise, this this year run that hip hop has been on has been great. You have Several different tributes to hip hop. You had Nah doing the Bridge podcast. You ha- you got places opening hip hop museums. You have the uh, Brooklyn Library uh, with the Jay Z Museum, basically. So I think it's overall it's it's been a good year for tributes and salutes to this this genre of music, hip hop. So. Right. And it's starting to slow down a little bit too, man,
1: as far as like, you know, people actually not really beefing and they actually just getting back to music, man. And I, I really like that. I like when hip hop is just it's just hip hop, man. I I think what really was a turning tide, especially for this year, um, the Jim Jones and Pusha T, um, <laughs> you know, hip hop thing. Yeah, I thought that was actually pretty dope, man. I think that like turned a lot of tides. It could have went left, but they did it for hip hop. And it actually was pretty cool, you know what I mean. So, I like that. I like the outcome of that, and I thought that was a change and turning point in hip hop. Yeah. So, I, I overall, especially this year,
0: um, you've, you've gotten a lot of hip hop documentaries too, um, this year. So, I, I just feel like <sighs> the the only lacking part of hip hop this year has been has been the music releases. So, hopefully, we get a hot fourth quarter um with school starting to back up hopefully you get more artists releasing you still got some some concerts 50 still on tour beyonce is um, crisscrossing the country she just named atlanta the winner her her mute challenge uh so far um did you get a chance to check jay-z out at the beyonce concert in atlanta no, I did not. Yeah, it was a it was a who's who in Atlanta, but Jay Z was like in a VIP section, dancing with the crowd and stuff. I I have to see if I can find the video, uh, but I, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, Atlanta showed up and showed out, and it's always good. I don't know for me to see like Jay Z. And like the husband role, or when he's playing like the annoying father taking pictures of Blue Ivy and stuff. So, <laughs> Cause I
1: yeah, I like to see. I love seeing Jay Z in that role, man. He got so much chill. I just uh, recently seen a a post of him. Um, I guess they were in Chicago, and a young lady said, "Oh, I think that's Jay Z in the car." And the mother didn't believe her, and he wind up rolling down the windows and taking some pictures with her and the family. So I thought that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, he's, um, and I guess that's the other part of hip hop now. Um, as as we gotten older, we we it's like you literally have grown up and watched the transformation of so many hip hop artists, whether it's Jay Z, um, Ice Cube, L. O. Cool J. Even like Nas, you know, doing his business things and dealing now like Snoop Dogg. So we've literally seen these men go from teenagers or in their early twenties to being uh, early fifties, and in some cases, like a Dr. Dre, late fifties, almost 60s, So
1: All right, Rodney, I know that. Um... This is like the beginning of the podcast, and we only uh, seven minutes in, almost eight minutes in, but um, I I I'm not putting a damper on it, man. But one of the artists that we lost, man, which was Magoo, yeah, um, at fifty, yeah, at fifty, yeah, at fifty, like that's nuts, man. Um, I just thought, man, that that's like one hell of a loss for hip hop, too, man. Especially, um, you know, I and it was it was weighing heavy on my mind and, um. I started to hit you up and say like we should um, probably picked our top five Timberland and Magoo um, songs or, or at least some of his features. Yeah,
0: we, can um, yeah, um, yeah, we can do it on the next podcast. Yeah, we
1: could do it on the next podcast. Magoo
0: had right? I don't know for you, but he had like a very unique he it, different a different type of flow, kinda. Um, but it fit with the the Timberland beats and stuff too. So. Um, I thought what he was able to do with Timberland changed, I won't say the trajectory of hip-hop, but it it was a different style. I think that kind of paved the way for um, some of the artists that followed, um, whether it be For Real or, you know, even the clips coming from Virginia. But him and Timberland was able to blow, really, that Virginia path door open. Right.
1: And at that particular time, man, we had, like, the uh, the duos and, mm-hmm. and people making beats, man. So we had Puff Daddy and Mace and then, you know, Timberland and Magoo at that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had Nepone, uh, Capone and Noriega. You had 8-Ball MJG. It just was, like, the, the oh, birth wow. of the duos. And, like, yeah. And, like, a lot of people just, they was just starting to really get into it, man. And everybody was coming from all these different areas. And because, um, you know, in, in all honesty, man, like coming from Detroit, it felt like we were, all we had was like the melting pot because they, they would literally have different artists from all these different places. and They would play them on Detroit radio at that time. You know, they didn't get a lot of local play. A lot of local artists didn't get a lot of local play. Yeah, so. I guess the
0: closest we had to a new would be like some village, I guess.
1: Right, and he wasn't even getting that much love, especially in the '90s, like that. Yeah, they didn't like really, in that mid
0: '90s, man. Like they didn't really start getting yeah. love outside of Detroit till they did the Kanye song. Exactly. I mean, you would rarely hear
1: uh, uh, "Tainted Love," like you wouldn't hear like none of the other. You're right until they got the Kanye uh, feature. You really didn't hear from him at all. Uh, even when Eminem was out. Um, with his first album, you really didn't hear it that much on Detroit local radio. Yeah, and then they started slowly but surely playing.
0: Yeah, it. it was the it was like when people had to wait for somebody, a Dr. Dre to like co sign him. Uh, mm-hmm. And in a lot of way, like we, I think we discount the talent that's here in Detroit and like some of the the artists and movements we birthed. Even Jay Dilla, like I think he was underappreciated to a point. Um, especially here in Detroit, like you have people loving his beats, but in some circles, Jay Dilla, you know, he he wasn't, he wasn't Detroit, Detroit in some circles. I'll put it like that.
1: No, you're right, man. It's like a lot of, I think up until now, man, a lot of movements that we had, a lot of, a lot of things that we birthed, a lot of dances. We never really like really held it, True to us, you know, like it was just like flat by night. Like we really didn't until like this new generation really started paying attention to it and started bringing it back. We never really like kept it going as a tradition because you you see like uh, the juking in uh in Chicago, like they always just you had people like juking and and then you see uh Memphis with their dancing and, and you know you got all these other places in New York. Oh my God, New York always just. And they don't even care if it's a hundred years old. They still doing it. They Harlem shaking in all the videos like it's brand new.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's
1: good to see people jitting and and doing all these other things, doing the Errol Flynn and all the other dances that we have birthed, man. So
0: yeah, I'm So have you got a chance to watch um, "Ladies First, a four part um, hip hop documentary? I watched
1: the first part of it. I I didn't get a chance to watch the yeah. rest of it.
0: Yeah, I mentioned that because I was I was like excited to see like cast all. Uh, um uh, getting getting some shine on there. Like it's 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 interesting just to hear um some of the different perspectives from women in hip hop and in the in the in the barriers. Like I didn't realize to the documentary like the MC Light debut album, but I didn't realize like that was the first first female solo album ever in hip hop. And I'm like you know you had all these artists that came before her but to you know for her to be the first one to put out a whole solo project I would... and then yeah. you know they talk about you know the females having to be with like an all-male crew and, and it's something like it was always there in the background but you didn't really think you know think about it too it was like pointed out like 'Cause you know, you had Lil Kim with uh Biggie crew, you had Foxy Brown, part of the firm, yo yo with with lynch mob, and so it was there, but you didn't I I don't know, it's subconsciously like you don't think about it. Exactly.
1: You don't really think about those things because those women were so those women were so powerful, man. In their own group and stood out in their own right like little kim basically took the spotlight like when you thought about the junior mafia you was like oh okay it was little kim and then after that it was little c because she came on so strong and she literally was like
0: but she, right yeah, behind yeah she literally overshadowed everybody else part of Junior mafia <laughs> right like she literally took over and and don't get me wrong foxy
1: brown did too i mean az AZ was really... He made it he made it really tough, man. Because at one point, a lot of people... And, and to this day, a lot of people, they consider Nas and AZ like neck and neck. You know, AZ had a bunch of hits, too.
0: Yeah. Like, you near, and him, and Nature
1: was good. Nature was that guy, too.
0: But... It's, Foxy Brown. But his songs, one of those firm albums or, you know, other people's albums that just overshadow all of that later. So... Yeah, Foxy though, because it's it's like the affirmative to action song on Nas' album. Like her, like she like murdered everybody else. She did. Like that's what was crazy. And then even it's
1: like her, her hip hop, her hip hop presence is really strong. And her and little Kim when they first came on, it was just crazy. Yeah, it like blew your hair like. Yeah. Like, they went straight for the jugular. I, I I just remember, like, listening to, you know, Queen Latifah and some of the other... um, um Moni and, the, and you know, just listening to a bunch of other female hip-hop artists and they were so conscious of, like, what was going on and, like, the movement that we had. And it was, like, a lot of the pro-black movement, you know? I remember being part of that movement, too, and having, like, my cross
0: colors on mm-hmm. and my African medallion. And, I was about to say, yeah, that was I'm just the vibe. if you had the Afro you had the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the 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 hand with the afro like yeah yeah that and was just saw. the vibe man
1: <laughs> yeah that was the vibe and if and then it was just so many many it was many uh facets of hip hop cuz of course you had MC Hammer and you had uh JJ Fad and those guys you had the dancers in the hip hop everybody dancing and those house party movies mm-hmm. so you had people dancing you know doing their thing and then uh, here come the gangsters you know what I'm saying you had the gangsters too, the gangster side you got n w a you had two live crew that was just nasty as they wanna be, like hip hop was amazing, you know, and you had this fresh new thing that was coming along, and it
0: was just advancing, so yeah, and I feel like everybody as uh particularly with women everybody had like their own type of. Like you, like, it was more of a collaboration with the women. Like the men, you started to have the rivalries and, you know, who was better. But it seemed like, I mean, you had like a rivalry with like Foxy Brown and Lil' Kim at one point. But overall, it was more of a united move. it uh, yeah, definitely you know, was I, not the I case for the right? men.
1: <laughs> See, now, this is the thing with hip-hop, man, that, that kind of drives me nuts. And it's the same thing that we do with, with basketball, too. And we really don't do that with a lot of other um, sports. That's Or or as far as, like, hip-hop, too. Um, we always seem to pit them against each other. Because, like, were they really going against each other, like Foxy Brown Little Kim? I
0: think what happened was it was people started to say, well, who you like better? Or, you know, right. the rap thing. But I don't... Because I don't ever remember them and... I'm quite sure our listeners will correct me if I'm wrong. Like, neither one of them put out a diss record against each other. I know Lil Kim had her issues with some of the newer uh, women, but during her era, like, her and Foxy never went at it on wax or anything. Um, Right. It was more like,
1: we know that they both there and they both share the spotlight and they don't have to go against each other. I think like because the women in hip hop were coming out of their shell, because you never hear about Eve going against any of them or, you know what I mean? Like women were just, they were sharing the spotlight together and they can coexist. So that's what kind of blows my mind when you got um, the Cardi B's and Nicki Minaj's now and, you know, all the us. Like, they feel like they got these haters and and people that they just don't get along with or they feel like the slightest thing that somebody says or their opinion
0: is disrespect. And I just, I I never got that. Yeah. And so, like, that's kind of been, like, the downside of of the women's movement now. Um, I do think the beautiful side is, like, the women no longer have crew like, and Nicki Minaj stands out by herself. Like she was born out the young money, but she's, you know, separate. Cardi, Meg, Lotto, uh, Ice Spice, all, all of them, you know, they kind of just, they, they're they able to stand cast out, able to stand on their own. Like they, it's no longer the need for like the, the male dominant crew. Right, you're right about that.
1: There's no you. You don't need it. And right now, Rodney, I know this might sound crazy, and 'cause because a lot of people are saying, well, hey, "What's the songs of the summer?" And what's this? And what's that? The all what's women. The, the women. The women been killing it. You're right, right? The women have been killing it
0: like that. They've been killing it for quite some time. Like, I bet. like they're they're really the glue. Yeah, that be a that be a album. Next to Killer Mike, might be my favorite album of the summer. Right. And that's that's nuts, man. And
1: and you know, they got the most catchy songs, man. I know I know that's crazy, and you might not respect them. Um, but like I said, it's different lanes for hip hop, man. And it's a lane for um a bunch of young ladies too. I know the uh, the one young lady that's with the sexy red. Like she she in her own lane. I like you said, Ice Spice in her own lane. Cardi B, Glorilla, you got you got all these young ladies coming along that's in their own lane and they blowing up.
0: Mm-hmm. So I'm um, shout out to uh, hip hop, shout out fifty years. Um uh, coming up at the gallery next Friday, we do have our fifty years to hip hop karaoke. So if you in the hip hop, definitely join us for that. Um Max, or I should say HBO Max, formerly now known as Max, has royally pissed me off. Uh-oh. So, every year as an NFL fan, you look forward to hard knocks. At least I do, right? But yeah. I always look forward to being able to go back and to see the old hard knocks from previous seasons. Can't do that anymore. Like, the Lions is gone. Ever since, wow. ever since, yeah, go go check it out. Like, I had the Lions saved to my HBO Max. That was, you know, something I wanna watch if, like, I was up late, just wanted to put something on. I, I put on a hard knock from the, the Lions one from last season. Now I, I'm, I'm forced to watch the New York Jets. First, have you seen the the New York Jets Jets one at all yet? No, I still haven't watched it. Unfortunately, I just yeah, yeah the, I, I the, just haven't. Uh, yeah. The first one was, uh, was okay. The second one, um, Robert Sala did lay to the offensive line of New York Jets, so I, 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 that was probably my favorite part because he basically told them like they. Will not have a good season because the offensive line is not doing their part. But he said in a lot more <laughs> colorful language. <laughs> so, Whoa. but I, I am upset about that because, shoot, I think it's like 20-something seasons of Hard knock now. Like, I wish HBO Max would just put them all on there so you can just go back and watch watch the ones you want. Because, like, the Rex Ryan ones were classic. Uh, You
1: know what I think they should do, Rodney? I know this might sound crazy, but why they just don't don't pick and choose little parts and go to each NFL team and basically do like a a documentary of their whole training, like uh, what's going on and kind of like combine all of them together. Yeah. That way nobody feels like they're kind of like left out or have to be included. Like everybody has to be a part of this and you pick and choose the parts.
0: Yeah, I I would like that. Um, I kind of think that would that would make um quarterback on Netflix a, a successful as you have more than one quarterback perspective. Um, I do think Patrick Mahomes stole the show, but I I did think it was unique just to see, um, uh, because you kind of had tears right. You have Patrick Mahomes, yeah. greatest probably the greatest quarterback of this this current generation. You had Kirk Cousin, which is not a great quarterback, but a a, a good one, um, has some success in the league, but not a not a whole lot of playoff set. And then you have the Marcus Mariota, kind of the, the journeyman trying to reclaim his career, kind of in Atlanta. So I I thought it gave you three different perspectives. So maybe. Because it's some teams, like, I would love to see that have never done hard knocks, like New England.
1: Right. I would love to see what they got going on in their locker room. And and the thing, too, Rodney, a lot of teams are just not that entertaining. Like, honestly, the Jets are not entertaining to me. They're not going to be like the Lions. The Lions were fucking entertaining as shit. Mm. You got people dancing, singing, having a good time. Like, you had people crying, like, You have people, like, just basically, they're fighting for their lives. Like, it just seemed like when you watch the rest of these Hard Knocks, a lot of people really just don't give a shit. Yeah, because, like, the Dallas
0: woman, Mike McCarthy, was boring as hell. All of the Dallas women have been born. The year that they went, they did both L.A. teams were Uh, boring. I would love to see, particularly Miami, like, if... McDaniels is anything in practice like he is when he has his mic'd up moments, like I think Miami practices have to be funny as hell. Um Kyle Shanahan, I would love to to see uh 49ers training camp. And like I said, I I, I, what a- I would want to see New England just because I feel like Bill Belichick is the old get old man get off my line type. So why or why don't they do it like this Rodney I know this might sound crazy
1: either you do each team one team from each division and then have it like a mashup or you can do one from one team from each division you know one from AFC and one from NFC Yeah, like you could do it like that just like mash it up because you're just doing one solid team one team is not going to be that entertaining and the Jets are not entertaining I don't it's nothing I want to see out of the Jets, to be
0: honest. Yeah, it's... Aaron Rodgers doesn't stick out to me. Nobody on that team sticks out to me. And like, I just the like, I don't know. I know we're only two episodes in. Like, Saquon Gardner, no, he's from Detroit. He hasn't been on there a lot. He's not really been interesting. Garrett Wilson, like their stars are not interesting. Like, Aiden Hudson's last year was interesting. Dan Campbell was funny as shit. Okay, um, Do Staley, right. Was funny, Aaron Glenn, great. So, Aaron Rodgers has been okay, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean he can't carry the show like Robert Sala finally shows some personality talking about the offensive line. But he's not doing up down with his team or biting off kneecaps, and you don't have like your two coordinators going at it in practice. So.
1: Right, it's like, and like you said from the previous ones before, um, the Cardinals one after I felt bad for Arizona because <laughs> yes. they had to come behind that Lions one, and I was like, why the Lions didn't have the preseason and the goddamn
0: uh, whole season because the Cardinals one was terrible. Yeah, the the Indianapolis Colts that did the NC one before them, um, there was a was a was. It was bad to me, but it it looks good watching Arizona. Uh, and Cliff Kingsbury still is getting these good jobs, like he's at USC right now. So, so are you suggesting Cliff Kingsbury got dirty pictures of a lot of people around? <laughs> I don't know, but I I thought I saw this beam that show like because somebody had put up, you know. Cliff Kingberry has worked with Johnny Menzel, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, and now he gets to work with Caleb Williams. So I saw that video. They were like, yeah. Uh, Johnny Menzel, Menzel admitted that he doesn't watch film. Patrick Mahomes took two years to learn how to read the defense in the NFL. Kyler Murray doesn't watch a whole lot of film. Oh, great. Caleb Williams, another quarterback for him to rule with. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just about oh, died when man. I saw that. No,
1: you you might be right about that. I just, I don't know, man. I, I'm trying to give Cliff the the benefit of the doubt, but I think it just it boils down to him probably
0: just he, being that one he, hell of a he lucky. Can't. guy. to me, he he's can't. just lucky. How he got the NFL job has always about for me. He had a losing record, record at um, Texas Tech. Um, I think the year he had Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech, Patrick Mahomes went like – it was either 500 or they were a game under 500. And now, like, like you had the greatest quarterback of this generation and he didn't have a winning record in college. Like, I don't know, it looks bad on you as a coach. At least, like, Tom Brady at Michigan, um, even though, you know, he – he was battling Drew Hansen at the time. At least he had a winning record. At least his nickname was Captain Comeback. Like. Exactly. You're right. <laughs> no, you're right about that, man. I just.
1: I, I get it's not about what you know, it's about who you know, Rodney. That's what it is. Yeah. The same thing with that Belichick tree, man. A lot of those guys, they were some of the worst coaches i ever seen in my life.
0: Yeah, but they, they just they kept, kept getting, getting hired. Yeah, shit, hell, couldn't um, get rid of him. Yeah, Matt Patricia, probably the one of the worst coaches in the NFL history, is now he's on the Philly staff. So um, they they keep getting jobs. Speaking of somebody to battered to job, Daryl Morey in Philadelphia, the Philadelphia seventy six. Oh boy. this is a hell of a segue. James Harden comes out. Well, let me back up. As season ends, James Harden opts into his deal trying to help the Sixers out to facilitate a trade. Fast forward, James Harden has not been traded. And if you listen to this podcast, we were wondering what the hell was taking so long. And apparently Daryl Morey, reneged on his agreement with James Harden and then came out this week and publicly said trade talk for James Harden was out me expecting him to be part of the 76er team this season and the first thing that came to my head is damn it he's already come to camp out of shape before what do you think is going to happen when he's truly unhappy Top it all off, you get James Harden at his camp in China basically saying, he said it twice, Daryl Morey's a liar, and he'll never trust him again, and he basically will never play for him or play for a team that's associated with Daryl Morey. Now, I don't know about you, but if I have somebody <laughs> say that, that's probably my second best player. It doesn't seem like this season is going to bode well, and then to top it all off. Joel Embiid apparently has scrubbed all of his 76ers reference on his social media.
1: Yeah, they got a mess brewing over there in Philadelphia. And what they need to do right now, they need to just rebuild Rodney. I'm just going to be honest with you. Embiid uh, MB wants to win right now. He's becoming impatient. Um you're not gonna get nothing for James Harden right now at this age. Not what you really want. Um Yeah, not what you and teams don't want to put up with it. Yeah. I that... think James Harden is still a great player, but not as great of a player as he was before. I think
0: James um, Harden is a great player when he has the right motivation and the right players around him. I feel like James Harden needs to kind of do like what Russell Westbrook did, right? Russell Westbrook yeah. played terrible in L.A., but it seemed like he got around the right organization. And who would have thought that 10 years ago, you would say the L.A. Clippers were the right organization to, rec- to rectify anybody's career. But it just seemed like once he got to the other L.A. team and he got around the right players and the right coaching, like he fits in perfectly with what they're trying to do. No, I agree. I agree, but the thing about it is, Ronnie,
1: the the tricky thing about this Philadelphia team is when you do cha- trade James Harden. That's why they won. and B spoke highly of him and MB enjoyed playing with him. Yeah, I think not, this was uh MB's best statistical uh season as a as a Philadelphia 76er, so of course he's going to fall in love with uh James Harden in the gameplay. Yeah, um, they messed up from the beginning by trying to get rid of James Harden and not embracing him and not uh, assigning him to more than, you know, the contract that he wanted because he took less money. Let's be honest. He took less yeah, money. He to took be with less them.
0: money last year. It sounds like he was actually willing to take less money this year to help facilitate a trade. I I just felt like. NB should have been involved every step of the process. Oh.
1: Exactly. And that's what I was saying too, Rodney. Like Embiid should have definitely been involved in 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 picking his next teammate. So that leads to believe me that maybe they're they're gonna try to rebuild, and they they feel like they invested too much in Embiid in the first place, and maybe they they can't win with uh, Embiid as center. And I think Embiid's amazing.
0: Yeah, it's but just I, I always wondered if you if hell let me just throw like Christian Wood name out there. If you got a, a a true center and you slid and be to the four like cause full time, I feel like that's a that's a better fit. And I actually think it helps out their spacing. I think it actually solves your Tobias Harris problem too, but
1: I just think that Philly need to to hold their horses and relax. I know this, um, if you look at the past previous like five or six seasons, um, nobody with a, a really true center has won like uh, a championship up until now, I guess. If you look at this season, yeah, you look at uh, the Joker, but the Joker's on. man. Yeah, I am going to say, like, I don't rare. even
0: think you can call the Joker a, tr- a true center, right? Because right, the, the Joker can... He can rebound. He can he can get the rebound, run the court. He can run your offense. Um, so I'm trying to think of the last team to win with a true back to the back center because even even when you look at like the Lakers back to back championships with Kobe and Paul Gasol, who was the true center on the team? Bynum maybe. Yeah, you're right, and I don't even right. know if I would classify Andrew Bynum as a true center because sometimes they slid Paul down to the they they played a little bit smaller slid paw down to the five. So, um, Chris Chris Bosch wasn't a true center for Miami, right? Uh, Anthony
1: Davis. Oh. When you look at those teams, wasn't a true center for the Lakers when they won that bubble? And if you look at some of the other teams, look when Toronto won, and of course, if you look at uh if you look at Golden State, a lot of times they play small ball and had Draymond Green. So a lot of a lot of these teams, man, they just really haven't had a true center like a true big. So Philadelphia, they got a unique situation. I love Embiid, but Are you paying them too much? Do you feel like you probably get a lot for them right now and you can rebuild? and Look at the Nets. The Nets have got rid of like three big-time players and they basically rebuilt their whole roster.
0: And I think their actually might be better for what they want to do in the long run. Exactly. Got a lot of key components. And like I said, you're building for the future. You got a lot of draft picks. Maybe that's the way to go. Yeah, so Golden State, when they won in twenty fifteen, Andrew Bogan was was their starting center, but if you remember, so you could argue he was the last truth, truth center, but he didn't finish most of the games at center. I mean, like you said, that role went to Draymond. Or in that right. case, um, If they played, um, Draymond at the center, sometimes even sometimes David Lee. So, right, and Draymond,
1: Draymond would pick up the the bulk of those the bulk of those minutes. Like, even with Looney, even when they won that championship against the Boston Celtics, like that was the main thing right there. And small ball is taking over the league, man. That's why a lot of these true centers and bigs, a lot of people like, well, how the hell is Dwight Howard over in uh, overseas? Or how is this player overseas? And he's a true big. And DeMarcus Cousins, how is he not in the league? Because they're fading away. If you don't have a jump shot, a solid jump shot, if you can't generate points back to the
0: basket, if you don't have a mid-range game, You're basically out of there right now. Yeah, definitely. If you don't have a mid range game, like if you can't shoot from the top, um, from the elbow, at least the elbow, what's the point of you being on the NBA roster? Yeah, like you out of there. Like it's you done. So
1: you see, you see the I wouldn't say the uh, the death of the big man's position. It's like slowly dying, but this shows a lot right here because it feels like Philadelphia right now. I think they're going to get rid of Embiid, man. Yeah. I, like, I, they're getting rid of his buddy James
0: Harden, and Embiid is going to be next. I feel like they're they going
1: to try to run it back this season.
0: Well, I don't, they don't was even gonna think try. you can run it back this season at this point. I think if you do that, like, you got to, at this point, you got an unhappy Embiid. You got an unhappy Harden. Hell, you probably got an unhappy Tobias here because the Philadelphia fans were ready to sell him for a bag of caribou coffee. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so I see that was the thing Rodney they tried
1: though they was going to try it. that's what they said oh we're going to keep James Harden and then we're going to revisit it in, during the season or at the end of the season they tried to run it back but no you messed up already there's no running back there's no turning back it's time to get rid of James Harden and try to figure out where you can send him and pick up some assets and, and rebuild around that
0: young roster man and get rid of Embiid too yeah so Another NBA question. Are you a fan of the NC's and tournament? No.
1: I, honestly, no. I think that is is really crappy, but it is what it is.
0: It's unnecessary. Yeah, part of me feel like you is unnecessary. Part of me feel like mm, it could be entertainment when we get get to like the championship round. And I, I think they're playing for like a million dollars or something. I don't know what the purse is. Um I kind of wish they kind of did the WNBA format with the commissioner cup where you have certain games that go to like the commissioner cup standing and then the two top teams play for the commissioner cup. And, you know, it's a monetary prize, but I, I don't, I don't know. I just I feel like it's I feel like this is the NBA money grab. It's like the NFL when they instituted the 17 game. Like you can say, you care about player safety, but then you add these extra games. or So I I don't know. Only good things that may get rid of um, the the rest days that some of the players have taken. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that they taking advantage of. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: everybody resting. No, but I just it just feels like. See, I, I I'm trying to I'm trying to get a better understanding of it and and how things are. I just because I'm looking at it division wise, so I'm looking at it. I see the uh, the Pistons in there with the Cavaliers and with the Indiana Pacers all in the same division. I think mm-hmm. like.
0: They're on the yeah, same so division, like, and they're all going against each other. So, I think what they did in each conference, they each quad has a like a one seed, a low seed, and a playoff team or something. It's something like that. I forgot exactly how, but I know it was something like that. So, I don't know. I, I just think it's a, it's a little bit obsessive. I'm hoping once the playing tournament gets here, I'm wrong and I'm entertained. But I don't if I'm a player, especially like if I'm LeBron, stuff, players that have been in the league for a while now, like you're trying to basically keep your body in, in shape and basically just stay have your team in playoff position, come playoff, right? Right, I don't think like if I'm LeBron, I can't I can't be excited. Like I'm right. That's what I'm saying. Like this is just gonna be a letdown, right? Now. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, like I, I'm I'm focused on getting the my team the best playoff position so we can chase this ring, not chase this in season tournament. It's like that's why I said it's an unnecessary distraction. Like the, the like, <laughs> I don't know. I I I personally just I I see the financial benefit to the league, but if I'm a player, top player especially, like if I'm a role player, yeah, I could probably use the extra calf. But if, a, like LeBron and Steph in particular, Katie, Devin Booker, like. They have enough money off endorsement deals and just a general contract with. Who cares?
1: Right. That's why I said they don't care about no million dollars. And if, like I said, it's an unnecessary distraction because those guys are going to sit out. You're going to mess around and get guys playing hard, especially young guys, too, and people that aren't on really guaranteed contracts trying to play for that money. And they're going to get injured. Somebody's going to get injured. Then it's going to be like, well, Hey, you got this in season tournament. Whose fault is it, and you know, what's what? And I can see a whole mess coming out of this. So hopefully it it pans out. Hopefully you don't get nobody injured during this tournament. But we don't see people get injured first and second games. Yeah, this we season, did, we so. do
0: seen. I'm thinking Paul George with the with the with the Olympic team. Uh, speaking of Olympic team. I know they have won their little tournament games or whatever, um, and they got lucky because uh, 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 Luca Donis didn't play in the in the game against the U.S. But they are hard to watch, man. Like they winning when I watched the last two games, and they are hard to watch. Hmm, I I just
1: I I don't know, right? I'm trying to and then when I go back and I, I look at the interviews and stuff too and they, I hear about how, you know, the select team, the first the first game they played, they said the select team kicked their ass. The second game they bounced back and they beat the select team. When I heard
0: that I was like, man, this and the select team wasn't really that great. No, and I and, and shoot, All reports is Kate is um tearing it up and all the little summer leagues he playing, so I mean, hopefully that both well for the Pistons, but this this, this World Cup is like if this is the Olympic team next year, we're going to lose. <laughs> like this this is a snooze. Fest. Like it's it's not exciting. I've seen college basketball player at, at a higher level. Um it's funny because I'm seeing some of the names on other teams, I'm like, oh, he played for such and such, or he played at such and such college. But watching this team, no, this this is not it. Like, yeah, I'd rather just, watch rather than watch the brand of basketball I've seen the other day. Right, that's what I said. I'm kind of surprised, man. It, I mean, this is just FIBA, so yeah. I'm,
1: I'm kind of. It's no yeah, star power. That- Right, I'm hoping that it turns around and, and some guys decide to uh, throw their hat in and, and maybe we can turn this around because a lot of these guys, man, it's like they're they not used to this I, brand of basketball. I mean, it just takes a special kind of person to be Team USA, and these people are that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a good recruiting tool for Villanova because I think three of the people on the team all went to Villanova, but it, it's, it's it's terrible
1: and what we done got ourselves into rodney with this team usa team
0: man. yeah it's it if you see them on and you're a basketball fan don't watch it, It's it's <laughs> it's it's a it's a i'm it's a tough watch <laughs> yeah I, I i i don't know
1: man steve kerr got something up his sleeve brother I, Maybe in Steve Kerr we I don't know. I, you know.
0: I mean, Steve still they could go on to win every game, um, but it's still I feel like it will, it will be a tough watch. Like he he is getting everything out of the players he got on the team, but it is not it's not the up and down brand of like Olympic World Cup basketball we used to from Team USA. You don't have a single star. I'm sorry, Brunson's not a star. Darren Jackson's not a star. Um Josh Hart, not a star. <laughs> like there there's nobody that you can say is must see T V. You're not gonna have a Vince is Carter like- jumping over somebody or <laughs> Yeah,
1: you're right, man. It's it's nobody that you can actually hang your hat on and say, hey, carry me here. The most recognizable
0: um, person on the team is the coach. Right. And the assistant coach. I
1: guess you can rely on uh, Anthony Edwards, but he struggled so much during the season.
0: Yeah, I he, just, he... I don't know. It's it's sad. Like, this, this is shaping up. I feel like Doc... Now I feel a Netflix documentary coming out for 2028. We gonna have to rede- redeem Team <laughs> Two. Yeah, cause this team right here, man, they not built. They not built for it, tough,
1: man. They are not built for the long run. 2028, so LeBron gonna come out of retirement or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at other teams and I'm like, man, these teams are stacked. Like they can actually give the the US a run for their money, man. So this this whole this whole run right here. Going for this cup is not given. This is not nothing like. Like, this is really a tough task.
0: Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see. I'm not, I'm thoroughly not impressed. In other uh, news, we've got about 10 minutes left. It's summertime. You know what that means, streaming TV. I finally got into, fully got into Average Young BT+. plus. Um, with Deion Cole, it, it's a must—a must-watch. It's it's hilarious, man. Really must-watch.
1: I'm on episode two. I watched it, man. It it blew me away. I watched it last week, and I was like, "Whoa, this is really good." But I was caught up in so many other shows too, and and that one did stick out to yeah. me. That one, the Twisted Metal.
0: Um, yeah, Twi- this full season two. Yeah, Twisted Metal. Um, and- um I I started. It's 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 good. And can't go wrong with Anthony Mackie at this point. Um,
1: yeah, he is. Man, he's gold right now, man.
0: He's hilarious. Yeah, Um, you got Mike Epps returning with um Kim Fields and Wanda Sykes and the Upshaws. Um, part four tomorrow on, on Netflix. So can't wait to check that out. I still haven't watched um, season three of Only Murderers in the Building, so... I'll check that out and have a review next week. I know they added a whole bunch of cameos and people to the cast, so.
1: I know it looks like it. And I watched the trailer and I was like, whoa, this looks like it's gonna be a really
0: good season. Yeah, it's it's so many cam it's kinda of gonna remind me of the bear because the bear has so many cameos. Oh, The Shy is back too. I know, I didn't watch last season. I feel bad um this season is shaping up to seem better than last season so i don't know if you you've missed too much from last season uh, okay i gotta
1: go back and watch it now and,
0: yeah, yeah so I gotta
1: get my yeah i gotta get my uh weight up on a lot of these shows yeah, the
0: shot is everything back. just is coming at you yeah as the lioness on paramount plus is good um too um, uh, swagger on apple tv just had a season finale that was good if it doesn't return for season three uh i'm going on a on a a killing spree from here to apple studios <laughs> if that, that that show is it's it's unexpectedly good And
1: I didn't you know what else? I didn't watch Swagger and I didn't watch uh the LeBron James on uh Peacock.
0: Yeah, I haven't watched LeBron James on Peacock. I'm saving that purposely for that is my um if the writers and actors stay on strike and we don't have new shows for the fall, that is my um uh, <laughs> breaking case of emergency type situation. <laughs> so I'm purposely saving a few shows just in case um, the the writer don't <laughs> come back. Right, it's, that's what I
1: was like, man. That's that's what kind of got me, got me watching these weird shows, and now I'm just kind of stuck on some shows that I really don't even care about, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch this one. So
0: yeah, like, um, and I think if you guys haven't heard ABC enough that. Um, they don't plan for any of their scripted shows on ABC or Hulu to return until January. So um they're planning oh a, a four season full of reality T V.
1: Oh no, this can be so bad.
0: get ready for some more American Funny Video, just Steve Harvey. They're probably gonna batch bachelor- and at and bachelors to death, so
1: oh no this and that's the worst man i'm not really a reality tv show type of guy so
0: yeah well, I, I read that uh, the other day that abc is planning uh not to to make any of their scripted shows return to january due to the writer and actor yeah. strike so and then you do have Amazon Prime that pushed a bunch of their series that was supposed to debut this summer back. Um, so they'll come out, I guess, during the this strike since there will be nothing else on. Like, Boss Legacy Season 2 got pushed back. Reacher Season 2 got pushed back to the fall. So, mm and i was looking forward to a lot of those shows mhm yeah i saw that i was like i'm just hoping it doesn't delay like our great summer show like the bear season 3 Um, yeah,
1: I, so, I think they're all going to feel it Rodney which is going to be sad
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, and it's no it seems like there's no end in sight no, either, because, man. Like, like, nobody's backing down
0: you have the writers from strike and then it was like the actors went on strike too like what the hell is going on so uh, I don't know who's <laughs> going to blink for it but I, like you said I don't see it ending any, time soon um, and I guess Netflix yeah, I can... is one of the big issues
1: yeah, how how can you go against these these places? How can you go against MGM, right? You you want to go against MGM? You want to go against Paramount? You want to go go against all these different outlets and everything? But they own multiple assets and multiple things. Like MGM can make their money so many different ways through sports betting, through all types of different things. Like they don't need the movies. So how can you even? Through betting, through other products, through anything, casinos, through all types of things. Like, you just, they have their, all these studios have their hands in so many different yeah. things. The actors and actresses and these writers are not going to win, Rodney. That's the sad part about it.
0: I do have good news, though. Um, Bad Boy 4 did get a release date, so. And when they equalize the 3, is still on pace to be released, so. All right. I'm happy about that. Yeah, so
1: that could be some of the last movies that we yeah, see for so a long time. It,
0: enjoy while it lasts, because um, there seems to be no end in, <laughs> in sight for either one of these strikes. Um, don't forget Swamp Kings. The Florida Gator football story comes out next week. I was hoping it was this week, but I realized Netflix dropped the um, Untold um, Steroid Story this this time. The Balco uh, Barry Bonds <laughs> that came out so I haven't checked that out yet I'll probably check it out this weekend but I was got all excited because I'm like this is the week that the Florida Gators come out and I was like damn it they don't come out for another week damn it's the Balco and Barry Bonds yeah. I probably checked that one out too and I
1: really want to know like what the hell was they cooking up
0: and, shoot, Barry, the the sad thing about Barry Bonds is, yes, he took steroids. Yes, his head got, like, enormous. He was a Hall of Famer before he started taking steroids. And so the fact that he's been kept out of the Hall of Fame all of this time, I think, is um, unfortunate. Right. It's just he got that. He got the bad
1: rap and then the crazy part about it sammy sosa and mark mcguire way before you know during that time yeah, and sammy before sosa him,
0: just damn they white now
1: man sammy sosa yeah he's a white dude now so he looks like
0: uh, <laughs> look like he's he, he totally through a, different oh uh, he looked like he just walked through the whole damn baby powder aisle and poured it all over his face <laughs> <laughs> He took that money and changed his whole identity. That's crazy. Yeah, so I'm I am interested, like you said, to see what they were taking, see what they were cooking up. How did they um cheat the drug test? I I was a huge Marion Jones fan, and so uh, I'm curious to see about what they gave her. Um, so real quick before we get out of here, are you doing fantasy this year? Yes. Any fantasy picks? Wow, for uh if you got- my
1: thing is for for football man like I think I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, man, so I'm, I'm kind of I want to like load up on the Lions, man. They were really good on offense. So I believe that they're going to be even better on offense, man, and and be very potent. I just – I don't know, man. I'm looking at the Lions, man. Like, you in a weak division. I think they're going to put up some points. I'm aiming at Lions. I'm aiming at Chiefs. And I'm aiming at Eagles. That's all day. Those are the – I'm um, aiming at players from each one of those teams.
0: Um, I didn't hear you say Cincinnati. I'm a little surprised by that.
1: Well, Joe Burrow got hurt.
0: Yeah, he'll so, be back. You think he'll be back? Mm-hmm.
1: You know, remember they, they started off the season it was like really shaky, remember? And then they came on strong at the end, so I don't know, man. It's it's going to be tough. Their division done got a little tougher, too.
0: So, yeah. I don't
1: know, man. It, it's going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be so, a good season. Yeah, I think this football season is going to be one of the best football seasons we've seen in a while.
0: I, I agree. Um, Dan Campbell already said, like, the the four field was rocking. It was just a preseason game, so yeah, you, it's hard to even get tickets for that. hmm It's like, whoa.
1: They ain't playing.
0: Yeah, so um, next time we'll give you our top five Timbo and Magoo songs or songs featuring uh Magoo. Shoot hold on. um let They um I'll have to send you the list. Let's Complex, I wanna say it was Complex is doing their top rapper from New York, so maybe we'll do our top five rappers from New York too.
1: Okay. And i you know what else I was looking at too and this can probably be at a later podcast. Um our top 10 boxers, man. Uh top 10 boxers from uh from it could be from any decade man. Just just our top 10 boxers that we feel are our favorite.
0: Okay. I, I like that. So um we're gonna get out of here on that note. And you can catch us on the B-side. Peace.